0: Did you miss me? (laughs) Welcome back to Yellow With A Dash Of. It's been a long time coming, but I'm bringing to you the first episode of Season 2. For this episode, I'm joined by two of my best friends, Gabby and Eileen, and they are two of the most incredible and bravest women I know, and that's something that you will definitely see as you continue listening to this episode. And in this episode, we'll be talking about toxic masculinity in the Asian culture abusive relationships and how we have recovered from abusive relationships. Um, I do want to say if this is not an episode for everyone. I like to think that my podcast is a space for everyone, but this may not be the episode for you, so I just wanted to give you a trigger warning that we will be discussing topics like sexual harassment, sexual coercion, and more, so I think my piece of advice for you going forward listening to this episode is to take what you can from it it can be a heavy episode but i can promise you that it is loaded with some pretty incredible and vulnerable stories so yeah if you're interested in continuing to listen i also want you to be able to do it in a healthy way so having these conversations felt really therapeutic for me and i'm sure it can be really therapeutic for many of you but it can also be triggering so i just wanted to say to do what you need to do to be happy and find peace whether that is listening to this whole episode taking breaks while listening and coming back to it, or even just forwarding over to the part where we discuss advice for recovery from abusive relationships, which should start at around the one hour mark. Um, As always, thank you so much for listening and for sharing these vulnerable moments with me. I am so excited to kick off season two. You have no idea what I have in the works. I'm, I'm super excited. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the pod. I'm joined today by two of my favorite people, Gabby and Eileen. Want to say something about yourself, about your experience as an Asian-American or being surrounded by Asian-Americans Why you're
1: on the podcast? My name is Eileen and I am Asian-American and we all went to the same high school. So when all that, the New York City Me Too movement came out, um, I don't really know what it's called. But when all that happened, it definitely struck me as a bigger conversation is needed. And so I think this podcast will be very interesting and very necessary to have this dialogue surrounding the toxic behaviors that are ingrained in the Asian American culture and basically the upbringing that people have.
0: It's so interesting that you bring up the New York Me Too movement because I wasn't even thinking about like having an episode on like just toxic masculinity in Asian American culture or toxic relationships or any of that stuff until everything in our high school came out. You know, like the Instagram page where everybody was like exposing a lot of people our year on all of the sexual assault stuff that happened and sexual harassment stuff that happened. I think it just made me think about how a lot of times in Asian American culture, it's so hidden. Like all of our stuff that has to do with relationships or with sex or with sexual, which I mean, I guess like sexual assault and sexual harassment lies under there, like all that is just so unspoken.
1: I think during high school, you know, these are strong women that we've known through, you know, in passing or in classes or extracurriculars. but not necessarily people we know, their whole life story, or especially relationships, you know, that's a very private matter and something that we don't talk about in general. And especially since we are Asian American, that's a bigger issue because, you know, we don't really have the talk with our parents. Um, we don't really talk about how relationships should be, how what to expect from our partners in a relationship with our families and so we're basically just flirting as we go and we are finding that you know there are experiences that we wish that we did have um more of a guidance just to stand up for ourselves you're so right like these are our parental figures and if
0: they're basically not only like giving us like shame to put in our lives when it comes dating or sex, but they're also just not there to open up the room or open up the conversation with us. Like, what are we going to do except learn for ourselves and learn very incorrectly? I really want this episode to be about, you know, toxic men, toxic relationships, but also how they play out in Asian cultures. And I thought that it would be really fun for us to, like, have me and Eileen share about our experiences in relationships or dating as Asian women, but also to have Gabby, who did date an Asian man, and, like, I don't know, share more about, like, that, too. I think, like, coming from my background, their, like, Soviet
2: culture has very big. Emphasis on men being masculine, them being the head of the house and the head of the relationship, and I think that that like in itself like breeds a lot of toxicity, and that's definitely a mentality that my ex ascribed to, um, and I think like that's like part of why I didn't like really see it as something that was wrong or like problematic because it's like you grow up with these models of men that are supposed to be strong and they're supposed to like you know take care of you and whatnot, and then and when you have that in a relationship. Especially in the beginning, especially not knowing anything, you sort of think, "Oh, like this is normal," and you allow this behavior to occur until it builds and builds and gets worse and worse and worse. Yeah. I don't think I'm gonna be outing him. I feel like a lot of people who are gonna listen to this podcast are gonna know who he is, and I, I think like that's, it's a side to the point. So I think like I'll just give him like a pseudonym or something.
0: Okay, what's the pseudonym? Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Fred. <laughs> Let's, let's go with Sam, I'll, I'll, I'll use Sam. Okay, I like Sam, can you tell us more about Sam? And can you talk more about like the relationship itself? And like spill some tea? Sure, okay, so we
2: met uh, doing an after school activity um, And, like, we became friends junior year, we became closer senior year, and then we started dating around February of my senior year. Of
0: high
2: school, Um, by the way. Of high school, yes, of high school. Um, And honestly, in the beginning, it was great. Like, I was very happy. He, I hope, was happy. I don't know. But... um I thought he was extremely supportive and he was there for me through a lot of like very hard times and, like the college admissions process and, like the process of um you know getting ready to go off to college and all the feelings that were happening with that and he I thought was what I wanted and he was very big on like being this masculine guy that like had no feelings and like nothing would ever hurt him. And no matter like what I did, like nothing could hurt him. And I was like always the emotional one. And that that was the thing that he would always tell me, like, oh no, like that doesn't upset me. You are the emotional one, you're overreacting, whatever. And like at first, like I believed him. I was like, well, yeah, he's this guy who like wants to have this career in like the U.S. Marshals and like he's tough. And I I guess I'm just like the emotional over dramatic one. And I think that we didn't really have issues in regards to this until after uh, he came back. Well, after he went away during the summer to go visit his family in another country. Um, And that's when he decided that he was going to be the one making all the choices in the relationship. He had this thing where, like, I didn't understand what his career was going to be like. And so he had to make the choice for me. Like, he knew better than I did. Um, and that he was like saving me from myself and like all of my choices. Um, And what I would call him out on this is like, I am an adult who can make her own decisions. Like, I don't need you to protect me constantly. He would be like, well, you don't understand. And that was a reoccurring theme of like me being the sensitive one, me not understanding, um, me overreacting. And that continued to her um, throughout our relationship, even when we went to college, when we stayed long distance. If I would call him because I was upset, he would be like, you're overreacting. Like I think one really telling moment was I was diagnosed with a chronic illness like, two weeks before I left to go to college. And it was a very, very hard time, like my entire first year of college, just like dealing with my new body, dealing with college, dealing with the effects of medications, all of that. And I really needed a support system. It's like this one specific instance i remember is i was having a flare of this condition and i'm lying in my dorm room bed and i'm upset and i'm crying and because i'm in pain and I'm, I'm texting him and i'm like hey like i'm really upset can you call me like and talk to me and talk through this with me and he was like i'm playing league. Um, then i was like well can you like spare t- like five minutes to talk to me because like i'm like dying here And he was like well you have to learn to take care of yourself like you have to learn to be strong and independent like i can't always be there for you very interesting because he built like a big emotional dependence up until these moments and because he would like constantly tell me like find the emotional one where i'm supposed to come to him and then in the moments when i need him the most if it's inconvenient for him he wouldn't be there and so it led me to think that i was crazy that i was like overreacting that i was always the one who was like making big things out of small things like with this incident he was like it's not a big deal like you just have to learn to take care of yourself i'm doing this for you so that you could learn to be independent one day and like obviously that's like fucked up on so many levels um and like i think the thing that really bothers him the most is like he would be emotionally absent unless it had to do with like sexual stuff then he would be there but that's a whole other story of emotional coercion and whatnot.
0: Oh my gosh. Which we will get to if you are open to it. But I just uh, first of all, I'm sorry that it happens. I feel like every time we talk about him, we're just like, oh like why why did these things happen? And I, I think it's so weird because we always think about how he is now. It's you just don't see so much of a relationship unless you're in it or near somebody who's in it and it's like I think I feel like so many of the things that you mentioned like him having to be the one to make all of the choices like him saying that you're the emotional one or like that he's not supposed to be emotional and like saving you I feel like on the one hand that is so toxic and on the other hand it is so I I see it everywhere in k-dramas in relationships like fed to me growing up like, my parents are always like, you need to find someone who's, like, not emotional, who, like, will take care of you, who will make the choices for you. And, like, when you think about dramas, you think about the guy who's, like, not emotional, who, like, does, like, little things, who saves you. Um, all of, like, just, I don't know, how do you feel about that? Just the fact that it's all ingrained in all of us to, like, to want that, and then having been in situations where that is what you're given and you're, like, this is toxic this is not okay i think that's the problem is like we're taught to like romanticize these like big
2: gestures and like this person like coming to save you but it's like really not okay and it's really upsetting that i think we still continue to teach like young women that that's like what we should be looking for like even in soviet culture like that's like super typical and even my mom will still say things like that to me like well but he needs to be a man and he needs to do this thing and it's like well no he doesn't like I am a grown adult and I can make my own choices and honestly I wish that we taught men that they could be vulnerable because it's like that's not healthy for them either like there's a flip side of this of like they should be allowed to break down and be emotional and like ask for help too so I just think that it's like we need to stop teaching girls that this is like some sort of romantic fantasy because like that's how people saw it like people thought our relationship was perfect and they were like oh wow you guys are like great together because he's like this big, like burly saving man who's just going to be like a big bear and he's just going to like hold you and make sure everything is okay. It's like, no, and I don't want that and I don't think that people should strive for that.
0: Do you think that him going back home to Bangladesh solidified all of these things for him where it's like, yes, I really need to be not vulnerable. I really need to like save people, you know? I think that's part of it um he had a pretty traumatic
2: family experience um when he was back home and it was something he didn't like really talk to me about but like i think that just solidified a lot of the ideas of masculinity that he had in his head like he wanted to either go into the FBI or like the marshals and so for him he was like well you know i'm going to have this life of solitude because no one can understand the dangers that i'm putting myself in um and I get that, but I think that, like, the underlying causes for that mentality really is just like, this idea of like toxic masculinity that he didn't seem to be able to like, let go of.
1: This is very interesting for me because I, you know, I am that outsider to your relationship, Gabby, because, um, you know, when we were all participating in, you know, our after school activity, like, that is what I saw, like, something very cute, you know, you guys didn't seem to have a lot of problems, so... It is very interesting to hear everything that is has gone on behind the scenes and um, and into the future because I know, you know, after after graduation we didn't really speak that much. So, you know, I'm I'm very sorry to hear that. Um, but I'm really glad that you know we're able to like kind of come to terms with this and delve deeper into this. And I agree, like, you know, we don't need. A, like a macho man to protect this this is just something that is kind of fed to us by our family and through media i mean even just the way that my parents are teaching my little brothers about how to be like a man like you shouldn't you shouldn't be crying because you're a man you should learn how to do xyz i'm like no you didn't you didn't do this when i was younger you let me feel my emotions um Well, to an extent, because we are still an Asian family, you know. (laughs) We're all human at the end of the day, and that's what people really need to learn.
0: Do you feel like, I mean, I'm an only child, so I feel like I can only see this through like my dad or how he and his brother were raised, but do you feel like for you, there's like a difference in like the hierarchy in a family with women versus men? i can definitely see my parents and my grandparents treating me different because i'm a girl and you know like my cousins are guys and the way that they view us and their expectations for us are completely different
1: um yeah i definitely feel that hierarchy i am the oldest of three little teeny weeny babies um well not babies but the youngest is five years old and the oldest is nine so sometimes it does make me feel like i'm their second mom rather than a sister because of the responsibilities that are placed on me and you know just having to like change diaper or help change diapers when I was younger when I was like I guess 12 or 13 um all of that like growing up having to take care of my little brothers even though um you know my mom was always home and I was just helping her it still made me feel like I don't want to ever have a kid cuz I don't want to have all these responsibilities placed on me and I'm not ready for it ever. Mm-hmm. Um and you know when I was younger like my parents were so overprotective of me. We weren't really taught how to like I guess defend ourselves. We were taught to like be careful and watch out, don't stay out too late, make sure you're friendly with everyone, don't get out- you know, on the bad side of anyone to not be put in a harm's way or anything like that. Whereas, you know, when you're a guy, you you do have more of that independence. You can be outlay. You can do whatever you want, you know, work out, exercise, walk alone. And when you're a woman, you can't do that. You have fear surrounding you. Um, and so rather than teaching men to actually behave in a way that isn't, you know deemed predatory or you know scary to women outside we are taught to like no don't go outside when it's late that's you know that's just not a place for you so what if you do need to go out how would you protect yourself and defend yourself that's not something that's taught
0: yes i think it's crazy that people are not like hey men you should stop like doing these inappropriate things but instead they're like well you need a man now to protect you from other people <laughs> doing inappropriate things And it's like, why is the solution not for them to change, but rather for us to need them to protect us? I don't know. I remember seeing that Instagram post. I don't know if you guys saw it too. That was like, um, what would you do if men didn't exist in this world? And the comments were like, go for a walk, (laughs) go for a run at night. But I'm always told that I can't leave my, my place because I need a man to walk with me or else like something dangerous could happen, which is definitely true. But it's like. Why is it? They yeah. just can't.
1: like when my one of my exes was visiting me in New York and I was going to walk him back to his Airbnb at night and my mom had the audacity to be like, okay, um, like called on my little brother who was probably eight at the time, and be like, You're gonna walk with your sister and make sure that nothing happens. I'm like, I mean, part of me feels like maybe she just does that, so you know, we're not like, you know, doing anything at the Airbnb but on the other hand my mom was saying you know when you grow up like it's your job to protect your sister i'm like when they grow up i'm gonna be like 30 something i don't need their protection that's just crazy (laughs) and what you mentioned about like you know these issues are caused by men but we need men to solve them that just reminds me how someone was like why is it that when someone asks i guess like if someone hits on you you have to say whether or not you have a boyfriend or not and then they'll back (laughs) off like why is that necessary why can't we just not be interested for the sake of ourselves not because we have a man there to you know what's it called cuff us (laughs) yeah
0: when they say it it also seems like they're saying well because you have another man it makes it validating that like you would not be interested in me like it's because of a presence of another man versus the woman
1: yeah it's like And then they're like, oh, well, where is he? It's like you're more afraid and you give more respect to this idea of another man rather than the person who's sitting in front of you and who's saying no to you. And that's just ridiculous how people are like, just say no. Well, no is usually not enough for these people. Like, I don't know about you guys, but I'm scared to say
2: no to some men. Like, you read constantly on the news, like, what happens to women simply for saying, like, hey, like I'm just not interested. Like, they get killed. Like, who knows? Like, I don't know what this guy is thinking. Like, if he clearly, like, doesn't understand that I'm not interested.
0: Yes. Yes. There are men in the workplace who, like, say inappropriate things to me. And they're all, like, in a position of power that are above me. And I can't, like, I have to figure out ways to say no without saying no. And it's, like, why do I have to be out here making an excuse as I'm thinking about like how to proceed, I'm just like, first of all, why is it happening to me? Like, this is not something that men have to experience in the workplace. And for me to have to associate like being with somebody with like my career progression and how like, if I say no, then I can't like transfer to a different bank or I can't do this and that. I have multiple stories, so this is the most prominent one (laughs) where I was interning at a place and then this person who was at the same place as me, but he was high, he was a couple levels higher than me. Um, he had ended up transferring to a different institution and he like, basically was like, let's be friends. Like, let's get on Snapchat.
1: Um, well, that's another story. Who uses Snapchat anymore? That's a red flag. (laughs) Right.
0: And when he got on, he was like telling me about his like girl's troubles. And I'm like, I'm cool with that. Like, I'm cool with like you telling me about like your life. And then he went like, can you send me a picture of yourself without like, a bra on like without a shirt on and I was like um no <laughs> and then he was like oh no, no okay it's okay I'm sorry I'm sorry and then the next day he was like by the way what's your favorite type of film and I'm like um I like rom-coms and he's like no, no 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 I meant like pornography and I was like I don't feel comfortable disclosing." <laughs> <just> <laughs> and he was like oh no, no no I'm so sorry I'm so sorry it's okay and first of all I think it's good that he backed down, but I just think that these experiences should have never happened in the first place. I don't think he ever thought I would be thinking, oh, when I say no, well, now I'm like thinking about transferring to a different place for my next internship. I now feel uncomfortable applying to the institution that he just transferred to and all of this stuff. And he's not even thinking about it. And then I ended up telling my boyfriend at the time about it, and he said, look at you fucking your way to the top. And first of all, I like I said no. And he's like, yeah, but like, this is just the gateway to you like, fucking your way to the top. He was just telling me that it's my fault. And I think this happens to so many women in these scenarios, or to honestly anybody in these scenarios, where after these things happen, you're like, well, what did I do to warrant these actions? from the harasser or the perpetrator like what were the actions that i have done so that i can stop doing them and the fact that someone else is there like right beside you who's really close to you saying well it's your fault like you did something it just makes you dig that hole even deeper in yourself
2: yeah, I think it's really easy to like start blaming yourself, or you'll be like, maybe I wasn't as clear as I could have been with the way that I said no, or like mm-hmm. maybe I should have been more forceful or something. When it's like, no, what he did was blatantly inappropriate. No matter like who you are, you should see that that situation is just wrong, like, and nothing that you did led to that. But I think it's like super easy for us to just think, oh, maybe I had a role in allowing this to
0: happen, when that's really not true. Yeah i'm trying to figure out where i want to go with this question but i just feel like as an asian woman being in a relationship with somebody who was toxic and kind of like emotionally abusive made me think i don't know i think like my perspective as an asian woman might have allowed me to be in the relationship longer than i should have been if i was not asian i think a lot of times in asian culture the woman is just seen as like your responsibility is to hold the family together. And so I felt like when I was in the relationship myself, I had internalized all of that to be like, well, the reason why it fails is because of me. And it's like, because I'm like the one that's not holding everything together. And I don't know, I don't know how y'all feel about
1: it. For me, like that's very difficult to talk about to my mom. Like when I was in these very toxic relationships because the first toxic one I was in My parents didn't really have an idea. I mean, in middle school, my dad kinda caught me with him. I mean, it was middle school, you know, it doesn't really count, but we started actually dating um, in high school for around a year. And my parents did not have an idea what was going on. I did not know how to talk to them about it. I really just internalized everything. Um, I did lean on my friends a little bit, but I definitely did not. Explain everything that's that was happening, and I did not know how to go about it. Um, With with this first ex, um, who was Asian American, he he went to a different school than I did, and we would have to find time to basically hang out with each other. And he would basically isolate me from my friends. He would tell me, "No, you gotta spend time with me. You see your friends all the time during school." Whereas, "No, I don't, because we have different classes. We have different." lunch periods, Um, sometimes we don't even get to ride the trains back together, you know, if our schedules don't match. So that's very untrue. And he would just basically guilt trip me into feeling like I need to be there with him, Um, that, you know, my time wasn't as valuable because I could have, like, you know, for homework and stuff, I can just do it later. But no, I gotta go hang out with him and basically fool around. Um, and when I decided that I didn't want to do this anymore, it was really hard for me to leave. Um, he has shown bouts of anger and aggression towards me, and I was very afraid because he would bring up his past about how, you know, he used to cut himself when he did not successfully pursue this other um, girl that he was chasing. And so, when I would tell him that I wasn't happy, I was like pressured into saying I love him when I really didn't feel like I did because he made me feel like, you know, we were with each other for a long time. And I said, I love you. How come you don't say you love me? Um, And he kind of pressured me into trying things out sexually with him because he was like, you know, we might get married. So let's just do it right now. And, you know, I'm so glad I like, I kind of held my ground. Yes. I had done some stuff with him but when it came to like the further bases (laughs) um i i'm really proud of myself for like standing my ground and saying no i'm not going to do this with you um i don't know if if i will marry you or what's going to happen in the future and i you know i'm just not going to do it with you so i'm glad i stood up for myself then but he has shown to um be physically aggressive you know he would like push me he would like cry when i'm like oh i want to leave he would just start crying i would feel bad and i would stay and then another time um he would basically tell me that if you leave i'm gonna start cutting myself and so you know i stayed with him for maybe three four months after that even though i generally was not happy and when i did decide to leave he didn't really let me leave his room he like pushed me on the couch and i made this little like cute gift for him for christmas and he just like tore it up in front of me so you know that was just a very traumatic experience and he would just show up at our school he would contact my friends kelly and jason be like hey how is she um where is she like is she okay like He would seem like he was generally caring about me so that my friend um, Jason was like, oh yeah, he's wondering like how you are. And I know it's hard to explain why I didn't want to talk to him. I didn't want to, like, it kind of made me seem like I was the crazy one for ignoring him, but you know, they don't understand what's going on behind the scenes. And he showed up in front of my house once while I was working, like that is a boundary you don't cross. I was working. Like yes he's visited before he knows like my manager and everything because like we were really close but when we break up don't show up to my place of business and you know want to try to talk to me because I'm on the clock I'm working for my money like okay you get your allowance from your mommy and daddy so you know he's oh god that's another conversation like he basically did not work for his money and would always want to go out and like spend it and doesn't understand why I was trying to save my money because bitch I work for my money (laughs) but yeah like just that whole stalking thing and you know making new accounts add me on Facebook try to email me like no don't do that I didn't know how to like leave that I didn't know if I should contact the authorities I didn't even see it as really stalking actually it was not until college when we had our orientation week when they talked about like domestic abuse sexual assault and everything that's when i realized Shit, that was not good <laughs> i forgot who mentioned it but in media like we are taught like oh it's romantic it's like edward calling you know staring at us while we're asleep at night like this is actually creepy as hell
0: <laughs> i'm so sorry that happened to you i'm just so sorry that he manipulated you like that and I think so often we don't think about all of the things that happen to us and like categorize them as like big things until we're at these seminars in college and we're like, oh my God, this happened to me. And this happened to my friend. And this happened to so many women around me.
1: Yeah, because I was just thought, you know, this is just something that everyone goes through. That's just a relationship. There's ups and downs, but no. we don't really
0: know <laughs> what that means. Like, It reminded me of one of the posts from this summer that came out from like people in our high school and this girl was saying that like that the guy that she was with was coercing her into having sex with him and one of the excuses that he used was like I can't concentrate on my homework or my grades if you don't do this and it's just like this is such pure manipulation. The fact that it's just happening to all of these women around me who just don't deserve it. You know, this is not normal. And I hate that we don't talk about it. This kind of stuff happens, and we need to stop it. But I think like, you just get exposed to like, this kind of
2: relationship over and over and over again, that you start to normalize it. And so when you see it in other people, you also don't think that like, Oh, like this is a problem. You just say, Oh, it's, it's just one of those ups and downs, you know, but like, when you really sit down, and all these stories come out, and you have that big breakthrough, and you're like, wow, this is such a big problem. I don't know it's very difficult to have that moment of clarity of like wow this is fucked up we normalize it so much like I felt guilty going into this and like talking about this because I was like oh he'll hear it I mean maybe he won't I don't know if he really cares um but I I felt bad and I had to like somewhat just I had to like text you and be like hey is this like is this okay like, is he doing fine like if he hears this and like I was talking to my current boyfriend who was like what happened to you is absolutely messed up and I still see the effects now. Like there are moments and there are triggers and like there's trauma that comes out. He's like, I see it today. And like the this guy that I broke up like almost three years ago at this point. And like there are still like these lasting effects. And it's just like I still feel like, guilty. And I think it just goes to show just like how much we normalize it and how much like we internalize that this is like normal. And it's sad that it takes that like one big breakthrough moment for us to realize like how fucked up this is
1: yeah like going into this i was really concerned too you know i never really publicized this you know at this point only you two and um my three closest friends know about my history and like my past like relationships and like the trauma that i went through and it's just sucks because we're thinking like you know it's kind of on we feel like it's on our shoulders to kind of protect these men who have hurt us and harmed us. We're not really thinking about, you know, the sense of closure that we can gain from actually talking about this and having these conversations. We're out here protecting these men who don't deserve it and don't, honestly, they don't need it because the way our society is right now, they're usually, even with cancel culture, they're not really facing the the negative consequences, you know? there's always going to be people defending them. So, you know, we need this. Like, we we need to protect ourselves, too. Yeah, I agree. I think it's
0: also just so important to own our stories. Our stories, yes, it's between us and whoever, whoever it happened with, but also, like, these are our stories. Like, we get to own these experiences, and we get to talk about them the way that we experienced it. I feel like so often when I think about like my stories, especially when it deals with like sexual harassment or like sexual coercion, I'm thinking about like, well, he's going to say that it didn't happen this way. And like, I'm saying it the wrong way, but it's like, this is my story. This is how it happened to me. And this is like what I felt from it because this is what happened. And I don't think that it's right for us to... Like, they don't deserve the right to even be in our heads, like, to have their voices in our heads, to make us question whether or not these experiences are actually ours, you know? I think, like, I didn't realize how bad this was until before
2: doing this. I literally downloaded all of my Facebook messages with this person, and I sat down with my current boyfriend, and we read them. And I was like, tell me I'm not crazy. Mm -hmm. And my boyfriend was reading them. He's like... Are you kidding? Like, it's like, even like from like the short span of messages that we went through, he's like, it's very obvious. Like he was emotionally manipulating you. Like you are, or he was like saying contradicting things and then blaming it on you. Like this isn't you, but to say like a relationship that ended almost three years ago. And I still have to like reassure myself that like, Oh, I'm not the crazy one. Mm -hmm. just goes to show like how messed up it was. And I think like this goes to Eileen's point about closure. Like it's, very hard, I think, to like find a place for these experiences and like categorize them, with, like how they really fit into your life. If you don't have that closure, like I don't know about you guys, but I never got that closure, and like I sort of wish that I had. But I guess also like, why do I need him to va- like validate my experience? I don't know why I still feel that way, and like that in itself is upsetting.
1: You know, I'm, I'm so proud that like you were able to go through your messages because I couldn't. At just looking through a little bit of the text messages with my with my second ex I was just like asking myself girl like why do you miss this man you were crying all the time like he basically called you a whore when you didn't do anything like why do you miss him like you know I don't really need that closure because that's not gonna like at least for me I know these people and I know that words don't really get through to them. And I'm not going to put myself there. It's not my job to educate them and talk to them if if they're not going to actually listen and just gaslight it back to me because I don't want to experience that.
0: I agree it's totally normal to feel that way and to feel like you need that closure because I just think the idea of toxic relationships is just so not taught to us that when it happens to us, we don't even know how to process it. Because we're not taught that men are supposed to be like this. We're not taught that people can be this horrible or manipulative. I think especially for us, the way that we're raised, like we're raised to be good people. And we're not taught that people can be bad or like have these horrible moments. So how do you even process a lot of the times toxic relationships being really good and really like supportive of you to like moments when these when like you have really unsupportive moments and people do these things that are terrible and how do you reconcile in the same person
1: yeah i think that's what makes these relationships extra tricky because these can be some of the best like you can have some of your best moments in a relationship with this person and some of your lowest so it's it's really hard when you're constantly looking forward to or reminiscing like, oh, you know, back in the beginning times of our the start of our relationship, it was so good. I felt so loved. It was the best few days or weeks of my life. I want to go back to that. Maybe I should stay with this person because I know the good that can come out. I know that this person is good, but they're constantly proving to you that, you know, that's not totally who they are. So that also begs the question, like, why are we so... I guess, stuck on looking forward to the good in the person rather than seeing the bad that is already there.
2: Like, you want to see the good, you know? Like, you, you're you dating this person for a reason. And I think, like, if you start seeing them as just a bad person, you start questioning your own judgment. But I think, like, in my own journey of, like, coming to terms with what happened, I try to tell myself that he, like, didn't know what he was doing. Like he didn't intend to be toxic. Like, that mentality kind of helped me move on in the sense that it's like, well, I hope that now he can learn. And like whoever he dates in the future, he can be better for, or at least like I hope he will. Because if you don't have that hope, like I don't know, I think it's like really hard to like move on and like get rid of the experiences.
0: How did you feel when you saw that he was in a relationship with someone?
2: Honestly, like, I didn't really care. It's this is bad. like I was like fully like dating somebody else. And i was like very happy in this relationship. it didn't really matter. But I do think that, like, in my head, I was like, oh, I wonder if he treats her the way that he treated me. And, like, I hope that he doesn't treat her the way he treated me. And I hope that, like, he's learned and he's grown. And, like, I hope, like, everybody from that whole experience has, like, become a better person and be a healthier partner. Um, but I can't help but wonder, like, if he had reflected upon, like, his actions after the relationship and, like, really thought to himself, like, oh, like, yeah, like, maybe I was at fault. Just because, like, the entire time in the relationship he never took responsibility for anything. Nothing was ever his fault. And it wasn't just in this relationship. Like, even in his friendship with you, Rosie, he never took responsibility for
0: literally anything. He basically... (laughs) Our friendship ended because this is while Kim and Gabby were dating and he had, like, I don't know what the argument was. I think it was something about, like, it was, I think... This is while this is my freshman year of college so he was like yeah these people in your school are like fake and like gabby says so and all of these things and then there was like this huge thing where he was like well gabby says this about you and and then he's like turning to gabby saying like rosie said this about you but we didn't both didn't say both of these things Wait, can you imagine i'm so shocked
1: That's And so- the
2: worst part i kept dating him after this Like, I did not break up with this man for a solid six months after this whole thing went down. That's what, like, hurts the most, is that I let him
1: manipulate me, openly lie to my best friend about me, and then I still stayed with him. Dude, I literally (laughs) hate it when men try to get into, like, our friendships. Like, no, like, I knew this person before you, I love this person before you, like, you know, as a friend, and I'll probably love them after you, because they're the ones who have stuck by me. And... Like, it just, like, makes me remember the time that, like, oh my god, my ex called my friends crazy. Like, they're not crazy, but are they crazy? Like, am I crazy for, like, hanging out with them? They just make you just, like, question everything that you know. Yes! My ex did the same exact thing when we were
0: in a relationship. I feel like before I entered the relationship, I had a really solid support system. And then when I was in it, he would say, like, well, you're so crazy that, like, and weird that... Like, I have no idea why you even have friends. And he would basically say, like, your friends all just kind of, like, don't love you and, like, don't give a shit about you. And that made me distance myself from my friends. And when I came out of the relationship, everyone was around me and everyone was like, we missed you. Like, we don't know where you went. And it was just so crazy that somebody can really get into your head and, like, gaslight the F out of you. And then they can make you gaslight yourself where So far after the relationship or during the relationship, all they have to do is say two things and then you're like, am I crazy? Like the whole day, the whole
1: month, like years after. And it's all because of what one person said to you. It's funny you bring up gaslighting because I did not know what that word meant until it it was last year around my birthday. Basically I was really concerned about my sexual health and I thought that maybe I had contracted a STD. You know I was asking him like basically for support I didn't know what was going on and he made me think that I had I don't know like herpes or like AIDS or whatever and he was instead of like telling me like it's okay just go get checked whatever he he like put it back on me he was like oh that means you are gonna ruin my life because I'm supposed to be in the military I can't have these STDs or I'm gonna get discharged or something like at this point I didn't even know what it was and he just made me so upset. He made me think that it was all my fault. I remember like it was my birthday. We were supposed to, I like had all these plans to like go out and party in my birthday weekend. And he decided he didn't want to do it with me because he said that all I do is like make out with guys at parties, which I don't. And like, if you're there with me, why would I do that? Like, so, you know, I ended up not doing that. And then I was like crying all night and all morning. I missed my class on my birthday because I went to Planned Parenthood to get checked and it turns out it was nothing it was just the soap I was using that was like irritating down there you know but like this man really made me think that it was all my fault made me feel like I was gonna ruin his life for something that happened to my body and that I have to live with for the rest of my life and like I did not know what gaslighting was at all and then when I think we're about to break up and then my friend Grace was telling me like I was, like, at the help desk at the library and just, like, talking to her. I'm, like, I'm really kind of stuck. Like, I don't know what's going on. Like, am I being crazy? Am I being, like, the bad one in a relationship for not being, you know? I Like, I, I kind of internalized all the times he kind of slut-shamed me. So I was asking her, and she was, like, no, like, you're being gaslit. And I did not know what that was. And then I, like, learned more about it. And then during my next conversation with him in his car, I told him that he was gaslighting me. And guess what he said? He said, no, you're gaslighting me. I'm like, bitch, what? I literally just learned of this term. Like, how are you going to use it upon me? And now I'm like, shit, I don't know who's gaslighting who. I guess I don't know the term enough. So yeah, that was it. Like, shit, I did not know. (laughs) (laughs) That
0: same thing happened to me. I learned about gaslighting too because I was talking about something that he, my ex was doing and my friend Lauren was like, you're being gaslit. And I was like, huh? And that's how I learned. But then and I remember telling him, people are saying this is a toxic relationship. And he'd be like, no, 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 it's not. And then the next week he'd be like, well, my best friend told me that you're toxic in this relationship. Maybe that is the way they're really perceiving it. I don't know. If that is, I would want to get into their heads and figure out why. <laughs> but it's such a convenient tool. I back because it's like, you think, oh, like, here's this person who loves me. And like,
2: I don't want to never be loved again. And like, I didn't know what gaslighting was either. Like, Rosie, I think you were the first one who was like, this is gaslighting. I mean, I didn't listen, but like, I wish I I wish I
1: wish had. <laughs> yeah, I think I grew up kind of in my family. Like You have to care about other people, kind of put your family's needs before your own because they're your family. And just, you know, always be polite like smile be polite and um be kind to everyone but we're not really taught to what to do when we are actually faced with something that is hurting us that's harming us how do we like stand up for ourselves that's not something i was necessarily taught i was not taught how to like walk away from like toxic situations i don't want to be in and so um at least for the future i really hope that more parents will be teaching their children, like how to actually look out for yourself because you know, if you're not looking out for yourself, no one else really will be because you know yourself best. Like you need to learn how to stand up for yourself. Um, You are a person just like everyone else in in the world and no man has any more rights than you do. I honestly think about
0: like my mom and how I was also told the same thing. So it's like, put your family first. Like if you love someone, put them first. And I think it just made me realize that, like, in the relationship, I just kept putting him first over myself because that's the way that my parents have always shown me love, especially my mom. And that's the way that, like, I learned to love somebody. But at the same time, I just think about my mom and how, like, she spent her entire life, like, putting me and my dad before her. And it's like a lot of times Asian American parents, especially Asian American moms, are afraid to leave relationships with the dads. And it's like, they haven't even learned the skill themselves, like to walk away from something.
1: Hey man, that's my parents right there. Like ever since I was like five, like when I came back from China, I was living with my parents. They have always had so many like disagreements. They would like bring up divorce around me so much and never go through with it. And I would just constantly be like, look if mom, if you don't wanna be in this this relationship and you're really unhappy, then just leave and you know I'll support you because you're you know you deserve to find someone so like even me as a kid I saw that but what I was taught is that you no know, you stay in there and you know fast fast forward all these years my parents are still together they still argue all the time they're obviously unhappy but they're staying because that's just the culture that they are taught so you know, in no way do I blame them for not leaving or not teaching me how to leave when they themselves haven't learned that. Yeah, I just feel
0: bad because my parents are kind of the same way. I think they've definitely, like, figured out their own, like, life with each other. But I definitely remember growing up, me telling my mom, like, I think you should get a divorce. Like, this is kind of unhealthy and all of these things. And my mom would just be like, well, who would love me if I were to leave? Or, like, how would I even leave like that? I'm not going to do that. I'm going to put you first. I'm going to put like the idea of a complete family before everything. And it's just so sad that like we have exited our relationships and we are hopefully never, ever going to be with men like that ever again. But like our parents are kind of still stuck and it's so hard, like as kids to teach our parents. And it's also so hard for us to learn when they haven't taught us that
1: skill. Yeah. Especially since, you know, we're not, we have never been married. We don't have kids and these people who are dependent upon us. So it's kind of hard to really understand exactly how they're feeling. Maybe they are at an age where they might feel like no one will really love them. But at the same time, like we're just so stuck with the idea of love and the idea of a perfect family rather than what is actually there in front of us? The unhappiness that is un- in front of us.
0: I assume that you didn't have anything to add, Gabby, because you said
2: nothing. <laughs> no, my parents are like, like, kind of like relationship goals. So. <laughs> uh, they're not. They're not the reason why I don't know how to leave. <laughs> my, my dad is a very good example of what like I should want in a relationship, like to like to have in a partner, and I just like saw that and was like, meh,
0: guess not. <laughs> I was gonna say, my dad is the exact opposite of what I wanted a partner. And that is exactly my partner. I like literally, am just dating like, I just dated like a version Your of dad? My, dad. <laughs> Not my dad, you know? Like, I remember like beating myself up about it because I was just like, I knew that I hated living with my dad. I hated the way that he treated me. And then I pushed myself to be in a relationship with somebody I don't even understand why I was in there. And I do feel like, Some part of it was just the fact that, like, this is the way that I learned to receive love from a male figure. And that kind of (laughs) sucks. I remember also feeling really guilty being in my abusive relationship when I literally was there with Gabby through her abusive relationship. And I was like, oh my god, does she hate me because I haven't learned from her?
2: It's Okay, it's hard. It is hard to watch your friend go through something like that because like there's only so much I can do like I can tell you hey he's being toxic um but like I can't force you to leave and it's very difficult to sit and watch your friend especially like when you've gone through it to watch your friend go and do it because you don't want them to like make this mistake and like go through this and I think there's like this one incident that really haunts me to this day so Rosie and her ex went to dinner with one of our friends and then me and my current boyfriend. You know, we were like trying to include Rosie's ex and like be like all nice. And like, I was like asking him questions because I wanted to get to know him. Like this is my first time meeting him in person. And like they get into a fight at the dinner table. I'm not entirely clear on what the fight was about, but as we're like leaving the restaurant, essentially they got into a bigger argument and he just starts walking away. And its they're like fighting, they're walking ahead of us, and then he just like leaves. And they're so far ahead of like the rest of us that I don't even know where they are. It's raining. I think we're walking towards Grand Central to drop off my boyfriend. Eventually I meet up with Rosie, she's like crying, and I'm not entirely clear like what's going on. Don't know where her ex went off, like at the time Kurt went off to. Eventually he like meets back up with us, and he like just like, you see the gaslighting, you can explain the situation later. It's not, not entirely clear what the fight was, but he kept on trying to touch you, and you were like, "I don't want to be touched." And he kept on like pulling your hands, and I was like, "This is not okay." And I and I turned to our other friend. I was like, "I don't wh- wh- like. What are we supposed to do?" And it's like very hard to like then afterwards if like we talk to you or like, "Hey Rosie, like this is really really concerning behavior. This is not okay." And then you stayed with him for like quite some time after. I, I don't know. I think it's like like that incident. It's something that I hadn't seen from him because I didn't really get to know him very well, but it was very scary. And it's like very hard to see your friend in that kind of situation and just like not know how to help them.
0: Yeah, I can't even tell you what the fight was about, but I'm sure it was something petty because it's always something petty. But he always does this. Like when we leave, I'm always just trying to resolve it. So I'm always like walking with him and then he'll leave. Like he'll leave me. And I'm like, what the fuck? I'm always just like so baffled because he will literally just walk away from me. Like, he'll be like, I'm leaving you. And that happened a lot in New York. It takes me a long time to meet him where he is from where I live. And the fact that I'm always over there and then something will happen, something petty, or he'll be late, or I'll just say like, you're not valuing my time because you're showing up 40 minutes late. And then he'll leave me. He'll be like, "We'll go home. And then he'll leave. And I'm always the one chasing after him because I'm like, I'm not wasting my time. It took me like a whole hour to get here. And that always happened. That was like the way that we always worked but also it's funny that you mentioned the touching thing cuz i didn't even notice that it was happening until you were saying that and i think a lot of it is just the fact that like we were both in abusive relationships for our first relationship so like there's a lot of like unknowns for you whenever i felt uncomfortable with being touched like i didn't know if i was supposed to feel uncomfortable with it and he made me feel like my body was his so there were moments when, like, he would, like, slap my ass, and I'd be like, I hate it, it hurts! And he'd be like, you're supposed to be okay with it. And it's so hard, like, it's so much easier to get gaslit, I feel like, in your first relationship, because you don't know what to expect. Like, you don't know what's normal, what's not normal.
1: Yeah. Dude, that's crazy. Like, we also, like, got in a fight in the middle of New York, too. Like, this was in the winter time. This this is the ex that you met, Rosie. So he came to visit, and then, I love this restaurant called um, Max Brenner's (laughs) y'all know this I love that restaurant so I was gonna take him there and this man from Farmsville wherever um, like doesn't he's never been to New York he doesn't know like the place but he is always acting like he knows everything and so we got in a fight because Okay, we got in a fight about affirmative action because he thought that him as a white male, even though he's poor, like he deserved, like he just thought affirmative action was unfair because it didn't help him. And I was trying to explain to him, like, when you're a person of color, you have both things stacked upon you. You have your race and your socioeconomic income and your status. So anyways, he got so mad at me because he cannot take this agreement. Um, we got to... 14th street union square and he basically just like kept walking ahead of me and i'm like bitch you don't know where you're going like you don't know this area at all but he would just keep walking so i followed him um i like kind of showed him where it was and then when we got to like when we were like right across the street from max brenner's i just like stopped there as he kept walking cause i was like i don't know where you're going man but i'm not gonna chase after you but i was like standing there and then he came back probably because he he was lost, yelled at me in front of everyone. And then I walked off and like, obviously, like people saw us. And so he was he started yelling at me and then walked off. I also walked off. I was not going to chase him. So I went to like that little like, garden area and it was raining. It was dark. I was hungry and I was crying. And I was just cr- like calling my friends. You know, I was really upset. And then maybe like 20 minutes later, he found me because this person on the street was like hey are you looking for for this girl who, who was crying she went that way i'm like oh my god like dude like literally strangers knew this like what the fuck that's so embarrassing but he literally came back They're not really like apologize apologize but like things were okay again but like like i was so obviously wronged but i was not going to raise my voice at him in public you know, I don't want to give him the satisfaction of me looking crazy, even though I still felt that on the inside.
0: My other incident that I was going to talk about was that when, was it after that whole thing where my ex had told me that like me getting sexually harassed was my fault. And that made me question a lot of things. I basically was like, I don't want to like have sex with you. Like I don't want to do things with you. And he was like, you're punishing me. And I was like, no means no. Like I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not doing anything to you. And he's like, no, you're punishing me. Like I don't understand why I'm being punished when you're going through something. That's so. fucked up. Um,
2: <laughs> Ridiculous. So many levels.
0: I unfortunately have a very similar story.
2: So at the time, my ex, we were considering having him come visit me in Chicago um, around like Aprilish, like beginning of April, and. We were talking, and he was like making these plans, and then he was like, "Hey, when I'm there, I want to do this sexual thing," knowing that like I wasn't like really gonna be down for it. But I was like, "You know what? Like, give me some time. Like, let me think about it. Like, I'm not sure if I'm comfortable, but like I'll let you know. Like, I just need to think about it." And then, like a day or two pass, and I tell him like, "Actually, I'm not comfortable with this. I don't want to do this. Like, when you come to Chicago, like I'm not interested." And then he starts being like, "Well, why did you tell me you're gonna consider it?" And then he's like, "Well, I'm not coming
1: to Chicago then." It just begs the question, are they really trying to visit you or you know, your genitals? Like, what do what, <laughs> what are their intentions? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do, do you guys know if I mean, I know I know Gabby knows that um he is in a new relationship, but Rosie, like, do you know if your ex has been in in a new relationship. <laughs> Girl, I can't see him
0: being in a new relationship. Um, but I do know that and I think this is why I don't struggle with closure as much as y'all. But um I do know that like when I ended things, that was when I was like, I'm done, like I'm not taking any more of this crap. And I remember months later he would just send me these like 11 page like letters and slide them under my door he like made a video for me for valentine's day he sent me valentine's day gifts and it was all like super triggering like i hated every single moment of it because it just made me relive like a lot of like the painful moments of my relationship and i felt like he was the one who was really struggling with like trying to find closure which i don't think like i don't think it's like a necessity for me to give that to him but i also feel like I don't struggle with us with it as much because i think he realized on my part that like he did something bad so i hope that in the future if he were to be in other relationships he would treat the girls
1: nicer (laughs) how do you feel though do you know if he's in a new relationship um regarding the second one i was on twitter I'm, like, pretty new to Twitter, so when I was on, I was, like, trying to, like, you know, add new friends or whatever. And then I found, I just, like, searched him up, and apparently he does have a new girlfriend. Um, so I hit up my my friend Jackie, and I told her, and she was like, oh, you know, poor girl, like, don't, you know, like, we just felt really bad for her. Like, I just felt like I don't know what she's going to go through um i don't want her to go through whatever i went through and my friend was basically like oh like it's a white girl so you know she's probably not as like she like he just can't handle like a bad bitch like you (laughs) she's like a very like christian southern white girl um whereas me i'm pretty like open when it comes to like everything you know i do argue a lot that's just who i am you know it's all like what's it called like friendly arguing banter yeah, like, I banter, like, I fuck around, things like that. And, like, maybe he just couldn't handle it. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how they are, but I do hope that his future partners will, you know, will reap the benefits from our relationship. And I hope that he has learned um, that what he did was not okay and he is not going to treat the rest of women Um the way that he treated me and the way I feel okay I had such a strong support system with me when I was going through everything with him I feel like if I didn't have um, my two best friends with me I probably would have stayed in a relationship way longer you know it feels like I dated him for a long time but we were only dating for like three months but just so much stuff happened you know I just really hope that whoever this lady is she also has a strong support system there to tell her she's not crazy she is okay she is strong and she's a bad bitch too i think my biggest
0: takeaway from all of this is having a really strong support system with you because i know that one of my friends was going through something really similar and it just made me think about how like to be that support system and how a lot of times for me like I had friends who were near me saying, one of my friends that said, the light has gone away for me, <laughs> it's like gone out in me. But I think that like, it's important to have friends who can give you what you need, whether that's like somebody to give you that harsh, the light has gone out, or somebody to just be there and say like, I'm here and I'm here for all of your decisions. So even like, if you have to come to the conclusion of like you not being in this relationship and it being unhealthy, like on your own, I'm gonna be here with you every step of the way. It's just about finding that support system for you and also learning how to be that support system for these other people. Very well said. I also was reading this book and one of the quotes in it, it's called The Four Agreements. One of the quotes in it was basically talking about how nobody abuses us more than we abuse ourselves. And it was saying how the level of self abuse that we'll tolerate is the same level that like, we'll tolerate from ourselves is the same level that we'll tolerate from anyone else. If somebody abuses us more than we abuse ourselves, then we walk away. If someone abuses us less, then we like tolerate it and we'll stay in the relationship for a long time. And I definitely felt like for me, and I don't know if this is the case for you, but I felt like when I left the relationship, I felt a lot stronger because it was me finally saying like, I won't tolerate this level of abuse for myself. And so like, I'm not going to tolerate it from someone else. And I'm definitely not going to tolerate it for myself as well.
2: Did you feel that way? Like right after it ended? Or did it take you some time to like get to that
0: conclusion? It took me time to get to that conclusion. I think I was... Watching Melissa, like, I don't know how to pronounce her last name. She's the actress for Supergirl, and she was basically saying that like how her ex-fiance or husband or something abused her. Um, and she had a whole video about it. And at one point she was saying how like there is such a level of strength that she gained from exiting that relationship because there was so much that she endured in the relationship. And that just hit me. And I was like, yeah, I feel that. I feel like a lot of things are broken. Like, I think a lot of things, like, need fixing in me because of the relationship. But I also feel like I've gained a new strength because of it. Did you feel that way?
2: It took me a while. I think part of it is, like, my abuse was never physical. It was always emotional. I didn't register it as abuse until I, like started recognizing that I was having triggers like the, the first real trigger was when I was trying to get into it with my current boyfriend who wasn't my boyfriend at the time like the first time I started crying I like flat out started falling because I had this feeling of like well I had to give him something for him to want to stay with me because that was the kind of mentality that like my ex had breeded in me where it was like I felt like I constantly had to put out in order for him to like want to stay with me because he wasn't interested in like being emotionally there for me like in any other way. It took me a while after like that incident to like realize like well, like why did it happen? Like at first I didn't get. I was like, why am I sobbing? Like this is just weird. Like he just thinks I'm like <laughs> super weird now. But um, and then like I started having these like small like triggers, certain things, certain words, certain like phrases, or like seeing certain things, and that was when I was like, oh this was like really abusive and then it took me a while to like I don't know to find strength in that I think I needed to get over those triggers to find strength because like after we broke up I was an emotional mess I didn't have that empowerment I like couldn't sleep in my room for three weeks I had to sleep with somebody else's dorm room there was a lot of like healing and unlearning that needed to happen but I think now it's like well I know what my limit is I know like what I deserve and I'm not going to stand for anything less than that so like at least that lesson came but it definitely did take longer than I hoped it would have
0: yeah I remember going to you and being like how long until I stopped thinking about him like why is he still in my head when I just don't want to be associated with it like I don't want to be triggered all the time and you were just like I can't tell you anything but that like you're just gonna need time
1: yeah it definitely takes time I definitely did not feel a sense of empowerment um when I first broke things off with my ex because you know I was still feeling like it was my fault because I just kept thinking back on like how wonderful he was in the beginning of our relationship and what have I done to make him change you know so I was like crying a whole butt ton and my roommate probably got really annoyed at me for crying every single night and like in the bathroom like just like sobbing and like singing <laughs> but um you know afterwards I definitely felt like like we have endured so much. I learned that there are certain times where I am reminded of what happened. Certain even with like me going back out there and trying to date, I I am constantly reminded of my relationship. I feel like I might have let this person that I'm just like seeing down or if i like messed up in some way i just feel so guilty i'm like oh no he's gonna get really mad at me he's gonna like yell at me he's gonna like basically say it's all my fault because that is what i experienced with my ex and so um i mean i I haven't gone into like a relationship like after him but for the people i've dated i have felt like so I don't know how to describe but like so anxious and like so nervous and so scared that they're gonna be so mad at me and then when this man was like oh it's all okay like it's all understandable and just really showing like kindness I was just like breaking down because that that's like that was a summer after we broke up and that's when I really realized like no like there are good men out there there are I really found the way that I wanted to be treated. That has really set the stage for the way I encounter relationships now in my life. I'm glad all of us have
0: grown, even though it took a lot of pain and hurt and heartbreak to do it. <laughs> I'm proud of all of us. Wow. <laughs> I'm proud that like we're
2: right here like talking about it, that like we've come to like that point in like our healing that we could have like these open
1: conversations, you know. Yeah. yeah, you're going to make me cry. <laughs> it's kind of crazy because like we really have changed. We have grown so much like even though we are oh god. <laughs> even though we are kind of like living our separate lives, you know, the experience of like where we've come from and where we are going is like always there to bond us together. And just like even us as like, as women, we're always, we always have this connection.
0: Yeah. Oh, you're gonna make me cry. <laughs> I do yeah. miss y'all. I miss to you too. I know. It's so hard, especially with the pandemic. If there's one message to women who are in toxic relationships, may not know it, may know it, wanna leave, et cetera, or who have gone through the same things as us, What is that message that you would want to say to them?
1: I would say if you're trying to figure out whether or not you think you are in a toxic relationship or not, just think about if you would be treating someone you love the way this person is treating you. Don't make justifications for it because we all have, you know, we all know how we want to be loved. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say listen to your gut and listen to
2: your friends especially people who really care about you, if they're seeing some behavior, there's a reason. And if in your gut you feel something is wrong, there is a reason. You know how you want to be treated, you know how you feel, and like no matter how much somebody might invalidate those feelings, it doesn't mean that they're not real. You are so worthy of love and respect and having a good relationship and like while it may not feel like somebody will like love you again or like will love you in a better way, like they will and you were totally worthy of that and you should not stop looking for that and you shouldn't stay in a relationship if it's anything less than that because you are absolutely worth it.
0: Mm, I agree with both of y'all. I think I would say own your story, especially for those people who have been in toxic relationships, been in like situations that, they feel gaslighted in a lot of these like relate to like sexual harassment or sexual assault and i feel like i just want you to know that your story is your story and it is valid um it is your experience and you deserve to feel whatever you feel with it you deserve to say it if you feel like sharing it and you deserve to feel like it is your own you deserve to own it